0: opt for bobby miller to have higher than 150.5 strikeouts this season and for bryce harper to have higher than 97.5 ribbies this season download the app today and use the code locked on mlb for first deposit match up to hundred dollars again download the app today use the code locked on mlb for first deposit match up to hundred dollars pick more pick less it's that easy
1: you are locked on reds your daily cincinnati reds podcast Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team
2: every day. Welcome into your daily source for the Cincinnati Reds throughout the offseason. This is the Locked On Reds Podcast, and I'm your host, Jeff Carr. And where we go. All righty, for today's Locked On Reds, I have a special guest. He's been with us before. It's been a few months, though, since I've talked with him. My friend and yours, Joel Luckup from Fox Sports Ohio and and also Taiwan, I've heard. He's now a <laughs> international sensation. First off, though, Joel, how are you doing? How's everything going for you through all this craziness? Uh,
1: it, it's pretty boring, uh, to be honest. <laughs> um, I don't... Uh you know, this is supposed to be my busy time. Um, and instead I'm busy, uh, putting out minor fires for my kids as they freak out because technology is not working the way they expect it to. That's, I mean, that's literally the most stressful part of my day every day is when my daughter has to try to connect to her class and, uh, something doesn't go exactly right. And she's might be 30 seconds late, and she apparently thinks that's the worst thing ever to happen. So, um, but besides that, it's pretty boring.
2: Over under one and a half times, you have to unplug and replug in the router each day.
1: Uh,
0: actually i've
1: been pretty stable there which which is because it didn't used to be that way but i swapped out i i fortunately swapped out routers uh a month or two ago or a month or two before all this started happening and they've really held up i'm actually very surprised with uh how things have gone so so far so good even especially given the fact that Every, I mean, there's something streaming at our house nonstop throughout the day, um, and it's still pretty amazing that it doesn't crash ever.
2: So you haven't seen an uptick of media requests from Taiwan, because I know you've been featured now in an article over there. <laughs> well, uh, n- not quite. Um, <laughs> what, what had happened was,
1: so um, a gentleman had come from Taiwan and worked for my wife uh, for about two years. Uh, as kind of a training program, an exchange program between Taiwan and the U.S., um, and so he worked for my wife. My wife works for the CDC, and so he got some training, and then he went back and worked in Taiwan. And I had uh, had been watching the Taiwanese uh, baseball league, um, as a lot of people have, and so I had mentioned, you know, we should congratulate him for the work that they've done that has allowed them to open up their baseball uh season and uh somehow that landed in the hands of somebody that was writing an article in taiwan and yes it got uh a, i was quoted in that article and um i mean he's a really great guy, huge baseball fan, so I think he was pretty ecstatic to to get that attention as well and he he i'm sure he deserves it he and everybody that did such great work over there uh to kind of quell the uh the epidemic in their area uh for sure
2: Definitely, and, and they've been able to give the world baseball, too, which I lament the fact that my schedule does not really line up with being able to watch games and things like that over in Taiwan, but I still think it's kind of cool that they're getting featured. It's, it's neat to see these foreign leagues that, other than the fact that the Reds signed Shogo Akiyama, I don't think Reds fans really had that on their radar to even look at Japan or Korea or Taiwan. And now we're just looking all over the map. Like who has baseball? Where's baseball? I want exactly,
1: exactly. And, and to be honest, I mean, to be honest, I probably wouldn't have watched in, in any scenario, uh, even if they had English broadcasts, I probably wouldn't be watching if I was getting my baseball fix at night. Uh, But the lack of baseball here in the U S certainly makes other leagues appealing uh, the quality certainly isn't up to the, the, the same caliber that we're used to, uh, but they've been fun games. Um, they really do a lot to try to make those games entertaining. If you haven't watched one uh, and you happen to be up early in the morning on one of those days when they have an English broadcast, by all means, I, I recommend to you uh, find a way to watch it. Uh, Usually they have links through their Twitter account for 11 sports. Taiwan usually has a link through their Twitter account and it's definitely worth, you know, even if it's, even if you only watch for 20 minutes, it's definitely worth it just to see some real live baseball getting played.
2: Absolutely. And with all of this missing baseball in our lives, we've seen lots of great content being uh, produced. You've got Chad and Bill and, um, Jason over at Red Leg Nation doing the Building the Machine, uh, Steven Offenbaker at Reds Alert Podcast with lots of great interviews and Hunt for Reds October still pumping out a lot of great stuff as well. When it comes to this time though, I think one of the things that has really generated a lot of discussion has been the list that you curated of <laughs> Reds players from each state. Like the best Reds player from each state real quickly how because I'll be honest I was trying to look up some fights maybe to pick with you about this and I tried to see if maybe there was like a list on baseball reference or something where'd you find like the list of this or did you just go through rosters of each year and compile this list
1: oh I I'm through baseball reference you can do a search by birth state okay and uh and then you can sort their careers for you know any different ways. so I was I I started with by sorting their their careers by war, um, both on the pitcher side and on the hitter side uh, per state. And uh, for the most part, there is usually one, maybe a couple standout guys in each state. In some states, there was only one guy or one or two guys total. Um, and, you know, obviously in uh, a couple states, there wasn't anybody, um, but they... Uh, it, it i use i mostly did it by war because to be honest i'm not i wasn't gonna uh fight all the way through trying to determine um very specific rules and all that it was just supposed to be a fun list it uh um You know, it wasn't supposed to be an argument ender so much as like, hey, you know, look, this is the best guy from this state. And it really was, it it came out of boredom. I was sitting around one day (laughs) and I didn't have a whole lot to do. I was like, oh, that sounds like a fun list to put together. And it did. It was mostly pretty fun.
2: See, and that's something I just need to dig more into baseball reference because there really is so much there. And every time I think I know enough of how to use that website, I learned that there's like this whole other level that I've not gotten to. Uh, (laughs) When when I look at the list, there were a couple, and I want to see if I can get you, because like you said, it was just the beginning of the conversation. I want to see if I can get you to pick a couple. There were two states where you had a batter and a pitcher, and you said that one of the reasons why you did that was it was hard to distinguish between the two, I'm going to see if I can get you to distinguish between the two today. The first one, of course, being the tandem of Eric Davis and Jim Maloney. Now, I know I I have not had, I I am ignorant of Eric Davis because I did not have the distinct pleasure of watching him play. Same with Jim Maloney. He pitched well before I was born. But when I look at the two of them, the body of work and, and Jim Maloney wasn't, uh, an amazing pitcher, but he was really good for his time. Of the two, if you had to pick, gun to your head, even though that sort of seems dark. Okay, we're not doing that. Guns away. Uh, who would you pick? <laughs>
1: <sighs> um, It's a good question. And then actually, California, which is where they are both from, was is a really hard state to choose. Because Ernie Lombardi is also on that list, Um, and uh, Yul Blackwell and Gary Nolan on the pitching side. So you really could any of those five guys. Probably you might be able to make a case. Now, uh, I I chose those two strictly because they were both the highest WAR um, between the two, and I chose. I mean Davis was only a couple WAR higher than Lombardi, but Davis had about. you know, 200 and some games fewer than Lombardi. So I went with Davis on the, on the offensive side, even mainly because he had the most war. And then Maloney has about four more war than Davis or three and a half more war than Davis. But I, I don't think that the, the I've never felt like the comparison between pitcher and hitter is so precise that three and a half war over several seasons uh, is really justifiable in terms of separating the two. Sure. So that's why I that's why I left them both there. That was the primary reason. I never left two guys there that were two guys uh that were either both pitchers or both hitters. And and so I I kind of tried to separate them um or I I left them both in there if they were both of different roles. Um if you make me pick, if you make me pick. Yes. I'm probably going to go with I mean, first of all, both of them could have been hall of famers had injuries not shortened their careers. Right. Um, you know, we all know the immense talent that Eric Davis had and how injuries basically shortened every season of his career and took away a couple of years of his car- in his prime that really ruined those couple of years and he really could have been something special had the injuries not gotten in the way. With Maloney, he had a pretty long run of a career um but then it ended suddenly and it, it it didn't end because of an arm injury it actually ended because his uh Achilles tendon popped during uh trying to run out a a, a bunt i think it was or trying to run after batting and um so Man. the the thing with maloney is is if he had stayed healthy he would have been the ace of the big red machine um instead his his career ended in 1970 and he was done. And so if he had been able to stay healthy, he would have been the, one of the front-line pitchers. He was only 30 years old when his career ended. Uh, by that point in his career, he already had 135 wins, 134 wins. Um, he had a uh, a 316 ERA. You know, he was a big strikeout pitcher. Um, he walked a lot of guys, which was a problem. But besides that, I mean, he he was a really good pitcher. And uh, if you give him five more years on the big red machine, he's possibly a Hall of Famer. And so I will say that if I had to choose between the two, I probably would go with Jim Maloney, uh, mainly just because I think he had a more likelihood of being a Hall of Famer, um, simply because his his injury was so severe that it ended his career, as opposed to Davis, who kind of lingered through injuries.
2: I'll be honest, I'm super biased toward pitchers. So I was thinking of the two of those, Jim Maloney as well. And I think that, oh my gosh, when you think about that, the Big Red Machine could have been even better. Now, of course, would that have uh, altered any possible front office moves they made? Yeah, sure, probably. But at the same token, you add that kind of caliber pitcher at the top of that rotation. I mean, his career ERA was 319, just unbelievable. Yeah, right. and, and then the other state and 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 I kind of forgot to mention this I I have shared the tweet at locked on red so for those of you listening you can go and you can look at the list and you can you know see what it is that we're looking at so that it's not just arbitrarily us talking about two players this is the list that he made to kind of drum up the conversation the other uh pair from a state we're looking at the great state of Tennessee. I actually lived there for a little bit. I love Tennessee. Great state. Uh, Veda Penson and Noodles Han. A couple of guys, uh, again, before, this is before the Big Red Machine. And we're going to break down this debate here in just a minute. But first, I wanted to let you know, we've still got that awesome offer from Postmates. So you download the Postmates app and enter promo code Locked On, You'll get free delivery for your first seven days of up to $100 with no delivery minimums. What that means is Postmates has a extensive list of restaurants and places to get delivery from in your area. Like, for instance, me living toward, you know, around Kenwood. I've got Jersey Mike's. I've got Chipotle. I've got uh, Skyline, Taco Bell, many, many, many options. And, you know, Old Charlie's, all that different stuff. Postmates picks it all up, brings it right to you. So you don't have to leave your house. We're all trying to stay safe and stay inside right now to get rid of this virus. Postmates is helping you do that by bringing the food to you. And now you can download the Postmates app and enter promo code Locked On to get free delivery with no order minimum of up to a hundred dollars for your first seven days. That's the Postmates app and promo code Locked On. Next time you're craving something or you're hungry, Postmate it I've always been partial. One of the players, when I look back in Reds history, that I really wish, like, probably would pay money for some sort of time machine to go back and watch is Veda Pinson. And then looking at Noodles Hahn as a pitcher back in that day, too, is just, uh, those numbers were fantastic. Of those two guys, how do you lean?
1: Okay, so Noodles Hahn has a case for being the greatest pitcher in Reds history. Uh, it's a, It's a reasonable case. Um, he's another one of those guys that his his career just ended because of injury. And well, his, his they called it a dead arm with noodles. Um, the the thing is is he wasn't so like committed to baseball that he wanted to stay. I think he went and became a dentist or something like that. <laughs> I I, I, think I don't so, have yeah. all the details uh still in my head, but um you know, he was done as a pitcher uh, by age 27. And really, um, he only pitched what about you know twenty games after he after uh, his age twenty five season. Right. So I mean, he was a great pitcher in his day. Of course, his day was the turn of the nineteenth or the twentieth century. Whether or not you know how much can we overvalue that, um, I don't know. Beta Penson uh, also super super high peak early in his career. Was an incredible player from the day he hit the major, you know, the first day he hit major league field at the age of 19. Uh, Really was incredible all throughout the 60s. Does not get the due um, that he deserves. And uh, really, again, has another player that has a Hall of Fame case. His is actually a realistic Hall of Fame case, too. Um, He went on to have about almost 2,800 hits in his career and uh, uh you know fifty four war for a total career he had forty seven of that with the reds. he really dropped off um you know through sixty seven which would be you know through his age twenty his age twenty eight season uh he had forty six war after his age twenty eight season he only had compiled uh just under eight more war for the rest of his career um so he kind of really hit hit a cliff there if if he continues. You know, even if he just kind of has the normal arc, normal career arc after, you know, reaching 28, you know, he, he really has a great case. He probably gets the 3,000 hits and has a great case for getting, uh, being put in the Hall of Fame. I, I think in this case, I'm going to go with Veda if I have to choose between the two, uh, simply because I I think it's a fair, a fair question mark on Noodles Han about... Um, The fact that he played during the turn of the century, and what the you know how different the game was then compared to the game that that uh, Veda played in. You know, Veda played in a very pitcher-friendly era and was still an excellent hitter. Uh, Noodles played in a dead-ball era, and you know, an era when pitchers were certainly used very differently. But their their caliber of pitching probably isn't anywhere close to what we're used to seeing today. Um, So I'm going to go ahead and go with with uh, uh noodles oh not noodles with veda um the irony on veda is that he's most well known to red's fan as coming from oakland california (laughs) um because he went to high school with frank robinson right and neither frank robinson nor veda penson were born in california um you know and actually they both went to the same high school that ernie lombardi went to not at the same time obviously
2: that would have been a super powerhouse of a team, a high school team. That is well,
1: uh, well. So Kurt Flood was also actually did play with wow. Veda Penson and Frank Robinson in high school, and Frank Robinson played basketball with uh, Celtics great Bill Russell in high school. They all were at the high school around the same time. It's an amazing array of talent all at one time in one high school.
2: As a it was, whenever I was in high school and college as a student who went to just about every sporting event I could get my hands on because I myself wasn't good enough to be on the team, but I liked watching them. Mm-hmm. That would have been awesome. <laughs> yeah. Um, at Looking at, uh, kind of digging in on Noodles Han, he was a guy, uh, I, I think it was last year I did a string of different throwback Thursdays looking at some players from way back yesteryear of the Reds franchise since there's been so many years of the Reds franchise. He was a crazy case because, like you said, pitching in the dead ball era, pitchers had a completely uh, complete chokehold on the game. I mean, he threw 375 innings in 1901. Uh, actually 375 and a third forgot that 41,
1: 41 complete games out of 42 starts <laughs> that's insane i
2: yes, mean the game,
1: to say the game has changed a little bit it would be an understatement
2: and it's interesting because there's no way of knowing. I mean, I'm sure there was absolutely no way of keeping track of velocity back then and all that stuff. No idea how fast they were throwing back then. But I do remember like different stories of uh, pitchers back then. They would show up like three hours before the game, and they'd start warming up, like pitching from you know your couch to your recliner, basically. And then by the time everybody started showing up for warm-ups, they were throwing from second base to home plate. And just getting their arm ready to go. And that's why they always say dead arm and stuff like that. It's like, well, because he threw like a gajillion billion innings in four years.
1: He was 22 years old and he threw 375 innings. Right now, I mean, if you're 22 years old, they barely let you throw 175 innings.
2: I think they'd arrest a manager if they let a 22-year-old throw 375 innings. Yep. And and looking at Sabre.org, he actually became a veterinary inspector for the United States government. And the the cool thing was he stayed around since then. said that he came to Crosley Field often to watch games. They even kept the locker in Crosley. I love Sabre.org. That's an awesome place to go look at um, some old players like that. But, yes, I still agree with you. Beta Pinson would have been my pick, too, just because the more I read about him, the more I love him, the more I wish I would have seen him. The next one, and uh, as as you had mentioned off-air, one that, you have been in quite a few discussions about, it, at least on the wonderful twitter.com. And I can see why, because there is a player from this state. We're talking now, we're going we're gonna to hone in on the best red from the state of Ohio, and that is Mr. Barry Larkin. And I'm sure there's this other guy, um, I, think, I think his name is Paul O'Neill. No, nope, it's not Paul O'Neill. Um, I think it's uh, Pete Rose. Yeah, that's the other guy from Ohio that some people may argue is the best player, the best Reds player from Ohio. What led you to pick Barry over Charlie Hustle?
0: Okay, so
1: I, I've done many times in my life, I've done you know a f- top five or top ten ranking of Reds all time, and I'll tell you this much. The top two for me are always Frank Robinson and Joe Morgan. And I go back and forth between the two of them. And it depends on what day you catch me on. Number three is always Johnny Bench. And number four and five is always Pete Rose and Barry Larkin. And I go back and forth on those two. (laughs) And so where I sit right now, and the reason why I picked Barry Larkin over Pete Rose was it, it essentially came down to the fact that Rose had, uh, almost 3,000 more played appearances than, than Larkin, but only eight more wore. And I know that um, the value, part of the value of Pete Rose was that he played every day and he was healthy and he was always out on the field. And so I'm not trying to disparage that. But given the, the number of games, the number, you know, he, almost 600 more games that he played, I would have expected him to have a larger lead in war and given that he doesn't have that larger lead that has led me to believe that I think Larkin was was the better player um you know there people like to throw at me well you know rose had more all-star games or rose won more championships or whatever uh to me those kinds of things are um perhaps a perspective thing that are that are affected or affected by how somebody is treated in the media or how they are um with the championships what their teammates are like i can't imagine if you put Barry Larkin on the big red machine that he doesn't get at least two rings um you know where right. or if you put or if you put you know Pete Rose during his quality playing days on the 90s reds that they're suddenly going to win you know another championship or two more championships it, so using those kinds of perspectives don't necessarily play with me and so I like to just look at who the player was and what they did. Rose obviously had a lot more hits than Larkin. He had 1,000 more hits as a red than Larkin did. He had 160 more doubles, but Larkin had more home runs. He had 40-some 40, 40 more home runs. Larkin had uh, how many more stolen bases? I'm looking for the column here. He had almost uh, almost three times as many stolen or, uh No, not three times. He had about two and a half times as many stolen bases as Rose had got caught stealing, you know, 30 times, almost 30 fewer times. And so there were different kinds of, they were different players. And I, I, to me, Larkin as a shortstop and a very, very good shortstop, perhaps one of the, I think he ranks ninth all time in shortstop, a war for a shortstop. Um, so one of the 10 best shortstops of all time, you know, Rose, his, Uh, his flexibility and his ability to play all over the field was certainly valuable. Um, He won a gold glove in left field. Uh, I don't know that Rose's defensive impact uh, lines up as well as Larkin's would have. Um, But uh, I I think there's enough of a balance there. And I think if I talk long enough, I may convince myself that Rose is the, the choice. Uh, It's that close. I think it is that close. And I think anybody that tells you that it's a joke that I would put Larkin over Rose um, probably already has in their mind that Rose was the greatest red. And uh, that argument doesn't fly with me. I don't think Rose is the greatest red. And so, you know, if you're going to just default to Rose is the greatest red, then you're probably not going to be able to have this discussion. I would never I would never argue that Barry Larkin was the greatest red. I don't think he has a case for that. I don't think Rose necessarily has a case for that. Um, but I do think uh, that they are very close they're a lot closer together than maybe the general public would recognize.:
2: I would agree with you there, and when you break down some even I mean one of my favorite things when I look at hitters is OPS+, Plus, and they're very close. Like I think the Pete Rose is the best red of all-time crowd, would think that it would be a much bigger difference. But Barry Larkin and Pete Rose, Pete Rose has a 118 OPS plus for his career and Barry Larkin has a 116 OPS plus. I mean, they're, which is they're... essentially equal because if you try right.
1: to assign that, that amount of precision uh, over that many years, uh, then you don't really understand the, the kind of the workings that are going on behind the scenes anyway.
2: Exactly, and, and and the folks, and and there's plenty of people that will say, "Well, I don't do that sabermetric stuff," and it's like, "Well, then we're not talking." But I, I, I love looking at that stuff, and honestly, I would I would agree again. And I know I'm just agreeing with you on every take, but you have really good takes, and <laughs> I agree. And, and when it comes to Looking at the greatest red of all time, I mean, honestly, I think it's Joe Morgan. And I think that he has a slight edge over Frank Robinson because of being in the big red machine. And I think that it's unfair to Frank Robinson that he didn't get the chance to be on that team because it was a stupid trade. And we can always look back and say that's probably the worst trade in the history of sports. But at the same time... Joe Morgan is just, uh, when it comes to every facet of the game, it doesn't, I, I think if they would have let position, if they would have had position players pitch, he would have been like the greatest pitcher for a position player ever as well, because he had that much talent, but he is the best read of all time in my book. And I could see where you could argue Frank Robinson, but I'm just feeling Joe Morgan, man. He he's, he's the dude. Well, so the,
1: the funny thing about that is. uh in context of the lists that I did is that they're both from Texas. And so <laughs> it, it was like, I couldn't even be free of that argument, you know, doing my best from each state. Right. Um, you know, Frank Robinson originally from Beaumont, Texas, which, uh, is also where Jay Bruce is from. Nice. Um, and then, uh, Joe Morgan is from Bonham, Texas, uh, which ironically is where the Reds great shortstop Roy McMillan is from. Um, but they, uh, You know, they, when it comes to war, Robinson has about a six war lead, but he also played in about, let's see, he played about 350 more games as a red than Joe Morgan did. Um, I, I, I tend to go with Joe Morgan as my number one. Um, and I may go with Frank Robinson as the best hitter. Uh, although Joey Votto is in the conversation when you, once you just start talking about best hitter. Um, but, uh, I tend to go with Morgan just because Morgan was such a great hitter and he was a great defensive second baseman and he had great speed. I mean, he did, he really did it all. He's probably the best all around player to ever play on the reds. Um, and, and so I, 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 I think I tend to edge towards Morgan more often than not. Um, but there are days when I'll pick Frank Robinson over Morgan.
2: And Joey Votto is definitely the best red from the state of Canada. When yeah. it comes, <laughs> I just, it's funny because it would have been nice if Frank Robinson or Jay Bruce or looking at some of the guys from California, why couldn't one of them been from Idaho or exactly. North Dakota or, you know, that would have made it easy. It's like you had to pick Cody Ross from New Mexico because, well, there wasn't anybody else from Cody or from new mexico and cody ross like you said literally had five plate appearances as a red i mean
1: actually i think there was some one other player from new mexico and he was terrible <laughs> I don't know who there was, but i was like oh my god i gotta pick a guy
2: that only had five plate appearances because this other guy was terrible was it uh brandon Claus? no i'm just kidding i won't go there um <laughs> Anyway, Joel, I appreciate your time on this. It was fun getting to chat about this. We're, we continue the conversation on Twitter at it. It's at J luck up right? Not. Yeah. Holding. Yeah. At J luck up on Twitter. And also I've shared the tweet at locked on reds. We'll be talking all about this uh, as much as we can, because let's face it, talking about baseball is better than talking about any other subject in the entire world. Well, okay. Maybe food. I love talking about food, but. I love talking about baseball even more. Joel, thank you so much, sir. I appreciate having you on, and uh, we'll do it again soon.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me on.
2: A Prime Members.